0: Welcome everybody to the Troy First Assembly of God podcast. We created this podcast to share our weekly messages from the Word of God, and we're so glad that you're here. I'm excited that you guys are here as we're going through the book of Acts, so with no introduction, let's jump on in. I cannot tell you in 42, 43 years of professional ministry, I've done this my whole life, cannot tell you the number of times I've had people tell me the seemingly innocent statement. Well, Pastor, that's just me. And then they go on to tell me why they cannot get on top of their problem with anger or why they never fulfilled the Great Commission, why they never reach out and bring anybody else to Jesus. Well, Pastor, see, that's just me. I mean, I've known people that, well, don't let me lie to you. It's not just that I've known people. Watch right here. I've been people. I am people who say, well, that's just me. That's just the way I am. I've always been that way. And, and, and see, it's, it's just me, you know, I was raised this way, or I'm not I'm not naturally that, I'm this way, this is just me. And guys, as we open the Word of God this morning, there's the problem. When we live lives that are just us, just me, we are not living lives inhabited and indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. If you go through your days as just you, then of course you're going to have fears. Of course, why would you be surprised? that you have doubts or insecurities. If you're just living this life as, well, that's just me, well, duh, you're going to have doubts and insecurities. You're going to struggle with temptation. If you're trying to make it through this thing, as just you on your own. If you're living as just you, it shouldn't surprise you when you struggle to share your faith or speak a word for Jesus. The truth is you were made for more. You were never designed to go through this life as just you. Well, that's just me, guys. That's, that's just me, Pastor. Well, grab a hold of it. You filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit of God is not an afterthought. It's not an add-on. It's not Christianity Deluxe. It was always the original plan. God did not get all the way to the second chapter of the book of Acts and go, hey, I got a great idea. Why don't we take these people who have no hope of living a victorious life, living on top of the junk they just keep getting into. They have no hope of getting on top of stuff in themselves. Why don't we, hey, I've tried everything else. I even gave them a long list of rules and they just failed miserably at that. Why don't we, why don't we try putting the power on the inside of them? And then Jesus turns and he says, good idea. And Holy Spirit said, I'll do it. Just get them to open up and I'll jump in. No, guys, that's not the way it works. If you read your Bible, way back in at Jeremiah, in Ezekiel, he said, I'm going to take out that harvest stone and put my spirit up in you. Joel, I'm going to put my spirit up in you. Every time, God's plan from the top was that we would have the inestimable treasure in a jug Made out of clay. Just old dirt pot. Look at the person next to you and say, Just old dirt pot.
1: I mean, God, the Bible says,
0: For dust thou art. Let me do that to you Mississippi, You ain't nothing but dirt. The book of Psalms says, Lord, you know me. I'm just made out of dirt. Now, in King James, it sounds better. For thou knowest my frame, that I am but dust. But it still means, I ain't nothing but dirt. And guys, you are a dirt pot, a clay pot that was always intended to be filled with the very power of God. Yes. Yes. Now watch right here. If I if I was to hand Paul a blender, and I said, Paul, there's a blender. Brand spanking new Hamilton Beach blender. It's the d logs And I got frozen raspberries. to I ain't no kale kind of guy. I got raspberries and heavy cream. And I got a little, little, little bit of sugar and a little bit of lime. We're going to put mostly frozen raspberries. And we're going to make us a smoothie this morning. And I'm going to hand you that blender right here sitting on that. And there ain't a thing wrong with the blender. And we put all the stuff in it. And we're going to make the smoothie. And Paul hits the button. And the blender says... Y'all tell me, is a problem with the blender? No. Maybe let that's wrong with the blender. The problem is the thing ain't plugged in. Right. And some of y'all have honestly thought there's a problem with you when the problem never was with you. You're just fine. You're as safe as anybody, and you don't need to be holier than you are for God to use you. You just need to get plugged in. Right. You just need to be plugged into the power because the power was never supposed to be you. I'm sorry, some of y'all read this out of the Bible. So that it is clear that the surpassing excellence is clearly to be seen to not be of us, but of God. There it is in King James. But let me hear it to you in Mississippi. So that everybody that looks can say, that ain't Nick. And Nick ain't got the power to the Bible. Guys, we had a bona fide miracle in this church last Sunday. Yes, we Last Sunday, we had somebody sitting over here. I told them I wasn't going to use names. Y'all find out later. i will probably say it in loud. We had somebody sitting over here been dealing with a condition, not an ailment, not a wound, a condition. And they sitting over here. And somebody don't ever sit over here just happened to be sitting over there. And the pastor said, almost off-handed, you know, if, if God moves on your heart, let's go and pray for somebody else. And the person that was sitting behind just said, I really feel like in my heart of hearts, God just said, put your hand on their shoulder. And that was all there was to it. Put your hand on their shoulder. Now, hear me say this. The person who put their hand on their shoulder has no power to heal.
1: Right.
0: Right. We ain't going to line y'all all up and say, hey, we're, we're, we're going to line and we got the healer here. No, because the healer is Jesus. Right. Amen. The healer always was Jesus. Yeah, amen. Right. The power is just in the dirt vessel, but it ain't the dirt vessel. Right. <laughs> And so when they, oh, you know what they did? Obeyed. Yep, right. By obeying, they plugged themselves in. And when you plug yourself in by obedience, all of a sudden the power surges through you, not to you, but through you. And the person prayed did not even know the miracle had happened. Yes, That's right. And the person healed didn't know until they got to the car. And their husband said, you're not, you not treating that arm the way you were before. You're not being gentle about that arm. And she said, and then she said, <laughs> and they both were like, and they dropped their dentures.
1: <laughs>
0: I don't know if they're happy, but wait, hear me say, guys, a real miracle without glitter, without without fanfare but a genuine miracle of God. Why? Because some clay pot realizes the power never was them. And guys, there is nothing wrong with your blender. Yes. Right. That's right. Oh my goodness, please get this this morning. Please get this this morning. Some of y'all are waiting to know enough scripture or be holy enough or be bright enough with God or be older in God or be more smart, or be more... For one thing, don't wait on it. It ain't coming.
1: Yes, <laughs>
0: If I waited until I was smart enough to stand up here and preach, I would never preach. Guys, you're looking at, at somebody who honestly fought God for years before I said, all right. And every Monday morning, I kid you not, every morning, Monday morning, I get up, I go sit at my computer, I read the I pray, and I tell the Lord, if you don't show up this week, I ain't got nothing. And I live in fear that y'all are going to figure out that I'm faking it. <laughs> it never was me but there's the, there's the security of the thing there's the beauty of the thing is it doesn't have to be me because if I were manufacturing it I would have to continue to manufacture so it so oh my goodness so hear me say it guys this is the fun part of this let me ask you a question maybe you've never noticed this in our culture but there is something in the heart of man that longs to be filled with the Holy Spirit and live a life that is transcendent, that is above normal, above human. For Because we have a hole built into the inside of us that is to house this power that doesn't come from us. Are you getting it? Why in the world do you think the whole world went absolutely nuts for? You're a wizard, Harry. (laughs) You're a wizard. Right. There's a power that you've never accessed, but it's always been there. It's always a part of you, and you you can do what other people can't do. There's there's a supernatural to this, and if you if you don't put the pieces together, step back one generation. Not even a whole hundred years. Step back a generation and see what that generation went crazy for. Because that generation went crazy for you're a Jedi like your father before you
1: <laughs>
0: The power comes from this other source, but it channels through you. It flows through you. Why in the world do you think every generation has some kind of kal You're not from here. You really are Superman. But you're Superman because you are, this isn't your home. You weren't born here. And your power doesn't come from here. Mm-hmm. Guys, every generation has a supernatural. And everybody goes after this story. Why? Because deep in our soul, we resonate with it at a visceral level. Yes. When the truth of it is, every one of these stories are pale comparisons to... Yeah. You are my vessel, my chosen vessel. And I am choosing to put the very power of God at the center of your being. And you are not the power, but you can channel that power. You can be the conduit that that power flows through. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you guys, it it really blew me away when I thought, this is what everybody wants. This is what everybody loves to read the stories about. Now, I'm going to show my age. But here we go. God really wants us all to become transformers. (laughs) I'm not talking about movies. I'm talking about cartoons. Where are my 80s people at? Anybody 80s people up in this place? Come on, let me hear. Do you know the tagline? Transformers.
1: More (laughs) than meets the eye.
0: There we go. (laughs) Yes, it's Transformers. More than meets the eye. That's what transformers are. Guys, God wants you to become a transformer. Now, I'm not going to preach a whole Transformers sermon, although I could, because you know they fought the Decepticons. But I'm not going to go there. But guys, God wants you to be more than meets the eye. Yes. Mm-hmm. They want, look, at, look at what they said about, about the disciples. Look at what they said about the disciples. I love this. They observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated, untrained men. And the people who were educated and trained were amazed. And all they could figure was they recognized these guys had been with Jesus. And seeing the guy that had been healed, we'll get into that next week. Forty years this guy sat at the gate of the temple. Forty years crippled. Never walked a day in his life. But how do you argue with he's standing up, he's jumping, he's praising God? They had nothing to say in reply. Because Peter and John were transformers more than meets the eye. <laughs> they were supernatural. But the power wasn't from them. wasn't of them. And, so, and I love it because on the day of Pentecost, the Bible says they were all there in one place. One accord were praying just like Jesus told them to. And the Holy Spirit hit them. The Holy Spirit poured into each one of them and just filled them up. And that's the moment they became transformers. That's the moment they became full of the power that was not themselves. And when it happened, the Bible says these unlearned people started praising God. Some of them in languages they never learned. And please hear me say this, guys. And this is not... What I would consider a popular Assemblies of God viewpoint. But I am not your regular Assemblies of God preacher. There is more to be filled with the Holy Spirit than speaking in tongues. Yes. Yes. Hear me say this guys. Of all the things that come with a life filled with the Holy Spirit of God speaking tongues is a wonderful part but it's not that big. Yes. Right. It is not the song of this thing. And if it's the thing that you're tripping up over Get past it. Get past it and get on to the being filled part. God can deal with tongues and you. and that, Guys, it is not worth tripping over. But the Spirit-filled life is about so much more than can you bobo shop out with the best of it. I don't know. That is not the point of this. And God's Holy Spirit did not come to give you goosebumps and to make you prophesy and to make you speak in tongues. Amen. Yeah. Here, Lord, give me somebody filled with the Holy Spirit that on their way into Walmart heals somebody crippled. Amen. How about some of that? How about you need somebody that can, can look and your, your mother-in-law is sick? Well, we need somebody to make lunch. Come on and pray for mama. And they go in there and pray for mama and mama gets healed. Somebody that when the devil is in the middle of a situation, Paul just got out done with him, and Paul turns and says, Devil, come out that girl right now.
1: Yes, yes. right.
0: Give me that kind of Holy Spirit filling. Don't get me wrong. I love you tongue talkers. I am one too. But dear Lord, that is not the sum total of being filled with the Holy Spirit. So Peter, they they all say, they're being filled with the Holy Spirit. All the people around, the old crowd around says, hey bud, that's a bunch of drunks. Well, they're all rednecks. They're all boosters. I'm sorry, your Bible says it like this. Are these men not all Galileans? Well, guys, that's that's New Testament talk for Hoosier, redneck. These guys are stupid. That's Galileans were considered uneducated, so these guys—that's all rednecks. And look at Simon Peter. Simon Peter taking stand with the other eleven, raised his voice and declared, "Men of Judea and all y'all that live in Jerusalem, know this and pay attention to my words." These people are not drunk as you assume. It's only nine in the morning. People don't get drunk that early. I'm no drunk. That ain't drunk. <laughs> That's what Simon Peter said. I don't know. Well, I'm not doing drunk. It's been a long time. This is what's been spoken through the prophet Joel. And it shall be in the last days, God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all mankind, not just you Jews. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy your young men will see visions. Your own mental dream dreams and even the people you didn't think deserved it, the non-Jews. I'm gonna get them too. Right. I'm gonna pour out my spirit on everybody. Even the ones you think you're better than. Yep. Right, right. Your male and female servants. Yep. Yep. Well, Pastor, they're not they're not our branded people. Well, honey, let me tell you something. God ain't got no brands. Yes.
1: Right. Right. God got one brand,
0: breathing. That's right. Yes. That's God's brand. I'm going to pour out my spirit in those days and they will speak the words of God. Such a different guy than 53 days earlier. Get it, guys. It's only 53 days. Jesus, at Passover, they came in a him, and this same Simon Peter couldn't stay up and pray with him an hour. This same Simon Peter jumps up and slices off the high priest guard's ear because he just goes off half cocked. This same Simon Peter cannot endure a question from a little girl at a campfire. Right.
1: Right.
0: Same guy. Don't, don't, Don't miss it because it's over two books. In the Gospels, he's standing at a campfire and a little girl Says, you are the Jesus boys, aren't you? He, see, he's part of them. I can tell the way he talks. See, he's a Galilean. He's a redneck. He's with that redneck budge that hangs with Jesus. And the Bible says that Simon Peter cussed that little girl. I'm sorry for those He didn't need it in King James. And he denied with an oath. Look it up. He cussed that girl like her parents were never married. And then denied he'd ever met Jesus. Shouting it three times. And then this brave man of faith and power for the hour, the Bible says he ran weeping bitterly. Three days later, Jesus gets up. Simon Peter is no more brave then. He's no more brave just because of the resurrection. Jesus meets with him 40 days after that. Now, Jesus ascends. Ten days later, Pentecost happens. So we got three days from Passover, forty days, and ten. That's fifty-three. Where were you two months ago? Two months. We're not talking about a long time, guys. We're not. Even, we're, we're talking about what? End of July, middle of July. That's all the time we've got passing here. And look at the difference in Simon Peter. Simon Peter stands up and says, All y'all listen to me. Well, that ain't him. Come on, let's listen again to this for just a second because it's going to get really cool. Simon Peter before. First, he was full of self-doubt. From the very beginning, guys, Simon Peter before he was poured into, before he got plugged in. At the very beginning, look in Luke 5. Same author Luke. When Simon Peter saw this, that's that great catch of fish. Jesus said, throw your nets on the other side of the boat. Great catch of fish. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord. I'm not your guy. I'm not your guy. I'm not holy enough to hang with you. I'm not good enough. I'm not learned enough. I don't know enough Bible. I don't know enough stuff. I am a rough and tumble fisherman. Depart from me. Go away from me, Lord. Same guy. And then after the resurrection, before he got right with Jesus, before Jesus forgave him for denying him three times, look what Simon Peter does. After the resurrection now, we are already up. Simon Peter looks at the whole bunch of them sitting there. The women have come back and said, Jesus is alive. And Simon Peter is is still in his own head saying, I can't do it. I'm not the guy. And he looks at the boys. And this is not a fishing trip. This is a career decision. Get it? Y'all, I'm going back to fishing. He doesn't just say, I'm going fishing. The better way to translate this is, I'm going back to fishing. What that means is, I gave this disciple thing my best shot. I tried. I just ain't, I'm not, a, I'm not a holy person. I'm not a God person. I mean, there are God people, but I ain't one of them. I, I just, I, I'm not good enough. I can't make it. I tried, and and boy, you talk about somebody crashing and burning spectacularly. I mean, I just denied you, and I, you know what, guys? Y'all can have this. I'm going to go fishing. we am going back fishing. And all the disciples, look at this. It's Peter and his brother Andrew and James and John are all fishermen. Peter, always the leader, the boys look at him and say, we'll come with you. You talk about full of insecurity and self-doubt. You talk about where many of us live our lives. He's right here before the Holy Spirit poured into him. Before the Holy Spirit poured into him. Next, he was impulsive. We already talked about him cutting off ears and jumping out of boats, and I come to you, if you're walking on water, I want to too. He was likely to act quickly and suddenly without thinking. One of my favorite places here is at the top of the Mount of Transfiguration. He's standing up there on the top of the mountain, Peter, James, and John, and there's Jesus. And all of a sudden, Jesus starts glowing. And all of a sudden, Jesus is standing there in his glory. And I mean, he is completely God at that point. And Moses and Elisha appear at the top of this mountain. And look at what Simon Peter does. We need to do something. we got to do something right now. Look at what Scripture says. Peter responded and said to Jesus, Lord, this is a good thing now. It's good that we're here. And if you walk, we'll make three little churches. We'll make three tabernacles. We'll build these three buildings. One for you, and one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And God Himself, I love God. God is so funny to me. God Himself just breaks in. And while Simon Peter was still talking, God says, Son. A bright cloud overshadowed him. And behold, a voice from the cloud, this is God the high, says, This is my beloved son, with whom I'm well pleased. Peter, you got one job, dude. Listen to him. Now, this scripture hit me really hard this week, because those of you that were at the family meeting last week, I told you that our board is beginning to look for property, and we're we're looking at moving forward, and we are trying everything we can, guys, to be led by the Spirit of God. And I'm sitting here going, Lord, I don't want to miss you. I don't want to step out of you. I don't want to miss the timing. Lord, I did. I was praying about this this week. This scripture wasn't in this message, but I added it, because I am sitting here praying, and I was just, Lord, and I just... And Lord, I just gotta. And Lord, help me because I think. And Lord, I just. We're planting this. And you know what? The Lord spoke to me. Keep your eyes on Jesus and listen to Him. That's all you need. He's going to help you every step of the way. What you need to prioritize is just listen to Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. "Amen." Listen to Jesus, Simon Peter was also fearful. We talked about not being able to stand up to a little servant girl at a fire pit. But even after the resurrection, guys, I'm talking about once Jesus came back to life. Look at what the Bible says in John. Now when it was evening, on that day, the first day of the week, the women had come back and said, He's up. The the, the guy sprinted to the tomb, and the tomb is empty. Jesus is risen. And look at this. When the doors were shut, that Greek word is locked. where the disciples were together due to fear of the Jews, Jesus comes and just stands in the middle. He walks through the door. He doesn't bother Jesus. Stands in their midst and says, Peace be unto you. But guys, even after the resurrection, Peter and all the disciples were so scared. Now, let let me contextualize this for you because this is going to be important as we move forward in the book of Acts. Where 53 days later. The same people, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the temple guards, these people who arrested had three monkey trials for Jesus, Caiaphas and Anaphis, Caiaphas and Annas, Herod and Pontius Pilate. Three fake trials. And then they brutally beat Jesus and killed him. These same people are still on the scene. These same people are still there. And get it straight, guys. We're not five chapters away. We're about four chapters away from them stoning Stephen to death. Yep. And you've heard me say Peter, James, and John, the big three disciples, the three closest to Jesus. Well, guys, we don't get to Acts 7, 8 maybe, before they the same set of people who arrested, beat, and killed Jesus arrest James, John's brother. Put him in prison and kill him. Well, Pastor, that ain't a story of victory. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It really works the purpose of God. And James just got to go home for anybody. But when they come to arrest Peter, guys, it's a real risk. It's a real dangerous situation. And so they're sitting there in a locked room. He is, they are all terrified. <laughs> But now let's look at Simon Peter after the Holy Spirit was to him. One that I don't think anybody in the room probably has ever noticed. He understood and used Scripture. I didn't notice till I started studying him. But do you know in all of the Gospels, Simon Peter never once quotes a verse out of the Bible? Never once. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John never once did Simon Peter say, well, doesn't the Bible say this? He never uses Scripture. But the Scripture we just read you out of Acts, when he stands up and says, These people aren't drunk. What does he say? This is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. Boy, not only are you whooping out Scripture, but you're going to go for an obscure one. I mean, get it, guys. He was not educated. The Bible goes to a long place to tell us he's not a learned man. And the way it worked with Jewish boys, everybody went to Hebrew school at first. Everybody got bar mitzvah. Jews still do it today. Bar mitzvah. Bar means son of, like Simon bar Jonah, Simon son of John. Bar means son of. Mitzvah means the law, a son of the law. You had to learn a bit of scripture. And if you showed an aptitude for learning They put you in the rabbi track because you could learn and you could teach. But if you did not show any aptitude for learning, then it was, son, you ain't never gonna be a rabbi, you need to get a trade. Maybe you can make tents, maybe you can fish, whatever, you need to get a trade. And that's where Simon Peter fell. He's a fisherman. He went through a little bit of Hebrew school, enough for them to exclude him from learning, Get it? But when he stands up after being filled with the Holy Spirit, he starts not only quoting, but he starts putting together scriptures. All of a sudden, his understanding of the scripture starts to integrate with other things he knows. And he said, guys, in this one sermon in Acts 2, read it. He just quotes the book of Joel. Or this is that. In the last days, will pour out my spirit. Now, all oh, that's Joel. And then he jumps to Psalm 16. Now, I've been in the ministry for 42 years. I don't know Psalm 16. I'm a professional. I don't know no Psalm 16. But you know what he says? He says, well, the Bible says, the Word of God tells us that David said, you will not let your Holy One suffer decay in the grave. And then Simon Peter says, well, we all know where David's grave is. It's right here. It's right here in Jerusalem. And we all know David's body is in there and it's decomposed. So when David was talking about you won't let your Holy One decay in the tomb, he wasn't talking about himself. He was talking about Messiah. And it is this same Jesus who was in the tomb three days not time enough to decay. That's another reason we know Jesus is the Messiah. Simon Peter is preaching this. And I'm going, dude, for somebody that never once quoted the scripture in all of your time with Jesus. Now you're walking out scripture right and left. Guys, hear me say this. This is one of the most interesting things to me. My wife didn't get baptized in the Holy Spirit until she was 27 and a half. She's raised by ministers. She went to Christian school where she had an hour of Bible every day in school. They had to, the, I mean, it was tested. In, for fun, on Sunday afternoons, her daddy would preach in the morning. And her, her three siblings, and her mama at the lunch table every Sunday would all pull out their Bibles and pick apart their dad's sermon. Well, Daddy, you said this, but it says over here in Lamentations, this, that, that, I'm going. Y'all, that's a weird way to be raised. I'm just telling you. But that's how she was raised. She was immersed in the Word of God. But if you ask Rebecca, what's the biggest change in your life since you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? She will tell you every time. The Word of God opens up and it just talks to me. Well, it stands to reason, the Holy Spirit's the one that loves it. That's right. It makes sense. He's the author. And now for Him to be living inside you in power. Guys, Simon Peter had a grasp. If you are struggling and don't get the Word of God, nothing's wrong with your blender. <laughs> There's in. nothing wrong with your blender. Plug in, plug in. Next. Prophetic. Look at a short piece of this. I'm not going to spend much time here, but boy, this is it's a great point. He says all this we've read. I'm going to skip this as we read it. Last ex. the Spirit. The Sonship the All that. Now look what he goes on because he's quoting a long piece out of Joel. Look what he says after this. I will display wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth below. Blood fire, vapor of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon into blood. When? Before the great and glorious day of the Lord. The Jews knew what the day of the Lord was. The day of the Lord is that final judgment day when God wraps this thing up. Well guys, hear me say this. Hear me say this. This is an important point. None of the people listening to him that day would ever see this. You and I haven't seen this yet. This is prophetic about the end of days. Well, look, Pastor, if if this is not pertaining to those people he's preaching to, why do you preach it? Because Simon Peter is trying to tell all of us that this outpouring of the Holy Spirit will remain and continue up until the day God wraps this thing up. Guys, these people who will tell you, oh, God's spirit doesn't move like that. God doesn't pour out his spirit like that anymore. Healings have stopped. All I'm not trying to be ugly about cessationists, but Simon Peter is telling us through the ages that this outpouring of God's Holy Spirit is for now, and it's going to continue and continue and continue until you see... The sun turned to darkness until you see the moon turn to blood and until that great and glorious wrap-up day. So you know what? What you can take out of this scripture from Simon Peter speaking the Word of God is the same outpourings available for you. Yes. The exact same power of God. The same kind of miracles, The same kind of walk with the Holy Spirit. The same kind of infilling can happen in you. Because... How many of y'all know the great and grand glorious day of the Lord hadn't happened yet? If it had, we'd have known. If the sun had gotten dark and fallen out of the sky, I'd have seen it. Or at least seen what I got up. (laughs) And then last, he's fearless. He's fearless. I've already told y'all, all these people who arrested and beat and tortured and killed Jesus, they're right there. But look what the scripture says. Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene. Now get it. A man attested to you by God. Meaning, God showed y'all. He is telling this bunch that both arrested and beat and killed Jesus. He is telling them, y'all saw it. God attested to him himself with miracles and wonders and signs, which God performed through it right in front of you guys. Just as you yourselves know, this man delivered over by a predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God. You think you killed him. No, no, no. It was always part of the plan. But look what he says. You nailed him to a cross. Oh, yeah. You use godless men. You use Romans to do it. You used the Roman system to do it, but you did it. And y'all put him to death. But God raised him up from the dead, putting an end to the agony of death because death couldn't hold him. It was impossible for him to be held in death's power. Next scripture, real quick. Y'all are getting this. I can tell in your faces. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know that God has raised this Jesus, the one that y'all killed. He has raised Him to be Lord and Messiah, the one you say you've been waiting for. This Jesus that you crucified. Now, I don't know about y'all, that is a far cry from can't stand up to a little servant girl in the fire. Right. Right. Are you getting the point here? Yeah. I mean, this is not the way that men's friends and influence people. <laughs> y'all killed Him. Y'all missed it. God tried to show you through miracles and signs and wonders. God showed you every way from Sunday and y'all still killed Him. And yeah, you got the Romans to do it because you ain't fooling nobody. We know it was you. And he's doing this publicly. Guys, the people who still are in power, that's fearless. That's fearless. Why? Because he was a transformer. He was more than meets the eye. Yeah. He is not the same guy. He's not even the same guy that's hiding behind locked doors after the resurrection. Guys, get it. How many of us, let's bring this home now, here at the end of this message. How many of us are trying to live this Christian life without being a transformer? Without being a dirt pot filled with a power that is not us, that is greater than us? How many of us are trying? And let's be honest. We are giving it our best shot. And yes, we are sincere. I mean, if you're anything like the people I'm supposed to be preaching this message to, and I think you are, we really do believe. We really do love the Lord. Amen? Yeah. But at times, we have really fluctuating levels of success walking this thing out in our real lives. Because we're trying to do it as, well, Pastor, that's just me. When the truth of it is, just me is not enough to overcome temptation with any degree of peace Just you. Now, hear me say, guys, sometimes you'll be able to pull it off from time to time. You will overcome a temptation. You will pray through. You will somehow grit your teeth and make it. But it's not any kind of victorious level of consistent walking in it because you're still trying to do it as just me. And just me is not enough to overcome temptation regularly. Just me is not enough to make a marriage last. And hear me say it, especially those of you with children. Just me is not enough to parent in 2023. You have no hope of pulling it off by yourself. Just me doesn't always work out so well in terms of me sharing my faith or inviting somebody to come with me to church. And no, Pastor, I don't need another sermon guilting me into telling me I should do it that too much honesty for y'all? You want me to go back to being an ultra church? No. I mean, don't get me wrong, guys, but I've sat in the seat. You you forget. I was a minister of music for 38 years before I ever got to preach the, the word in the sermon. I've sat where, where all of y'all are sitting, and I have rolled my eyes internally, never where anybody can see it. But I rolled my eyes and thought, I don't need another sermon for you to guilt me into something that I. I've tried, and I don't have any success doing it. Amen? Amen. The problem is not I don't believe. The problem is not I don't love the Lord. The problem is not I don't see that I should be reaching out and sharing my faith. None of those things are the problem. You know what the problem is? I'm a perfectly good blender. It's not connected to the power I need to function with any degree. You know what? Every time I plug my blender in, I expect, when I hit that button, I expect it to go, whoo, and blend. And today, my blender has never failed me. Because it's a decent blender. But just to take the power cord, and, well, I sat it on the counter close to the outlet. See, Pastor, I hang around blenders <laughs> blender instead of plugged in. I know blenders that are plugged in. I mean, Pastor Cherie's plugged in. Kristen's plugged in. I know people that are plugged in. I mean, they, they pray, they hold it, They got God on the, on the speed dial. I mean, they, they just... I get close to people who are plugged in. Is that not good enough? No, dear heart, you have got have to plug in yourself. God wants you to be a clay pot filled with a power that is beyond you. And one last, one last... I submit to you that from all of my reading, all of my study, I believe with my whole heart that Simon Peter saw himself doing things that he could never see himself doing. That's right. I believe that when he's walking to the temple, next week we're going to do this story. Walking into the temple gate, and there's a guy there crippled from birth 40 years And Simon Peter says, I don't have any money, but what I have I'll give you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, up." I don't think there was anybody more surprised than Simon Peter. I think when Simon Peter was standing there preaching this golden message about y'all killed him and you and then God's pouring out his spirit. I think when he was standing there, very likely, if he's human, he's doing what I myself do a lot of times. God, I hope you're in this you not, Irish. I understand. Guys, I live in fear that y'all are going to wise up and figure out I don't know what I'm doing. I get up every Monday and I go, God, if you don't show up this week, I got nothing. I it's the truth, guys. And the point I'm trying to get across here, and what I really want you to grab this morning, there are there are some of y'all that are thinking, I just can't see myself doing that. And I'm telling you, I think Simon Peter felt the same way. I think it surprised him as much as anybody else. But it was never him in the first place. One last example, and we're done for the morning. We've already had an altar call this morning, so one last example. Anybody know what this is? Transformer. What? Transformer. More than beats the arm. <laughs> That's a transformer in our world. Now, anybody other than Ken Sissom who worked at Quiver for 40 million years, anybody know what that does? What does it do? Converts power. Did you know, I, I researched to Ken Sissom who was Quiver River for how many years, Ken? 35, 35 years at Quiver River. And you cannot ride in the car with Ken without him saying, see that pole? (laughs) I climb that pole in a a scathing rainstorm and change that out with it. I tell you I was down that road one day. Ken lost poles. I'm just telling you. Ken told me, I asked him, I said, where's the power from my house? Where's that power come from? He said, Jeff City. I said, all that way. He said, "Mm -hmm. Comes out of Jeff City. And when it comes out of Jeff City, it is 161,000 volts. 161. Now, it's pushing through those wires. And that doesn't go to my house. That goes to a substation where they have big, how I many platform transformers that do what's called stepping the power down. And so it goes from 161,000 volts to 14,400. That's what's running in the lines outside my house, in the lines out in front of us here. 14,400 volts. But somebody that that knows anything at all, come on, Mr. Mom, somebody knows anything at all about about, uh, electricity. These outlets on the wall, what are they running at? 120, sure are. 120. Your lights at home, 120. Everything's on 120 volts. Your dryer, your stove at home, what are they? 240. You know how you get 240? You take two 120s and put them together. It's that simple. The transformer that looks like this, get it, guys, because there's a spiritual point here. The transformer that looks like this on the pole outside of your house, takes the 14,400 volts and it passes through the transformer which steps it down into a voltage that the house can use without burning stuff up, without frying stuff. Now I did, I know y'all think I'm crazy. It was years ago, my very first trip to Africa, I took a hair dryer with me. I didn't know what it was going to be like. I didn't want my hair to be stupid. What hair I have, I will not to to try. Well, I plugged it into African power. Many of y'all know if you're going to put a, a, an appliance into Africa, you have to have a little big white or black transformer that you plug into the outlet. Because when I plugged that thing in, you know what it did? It said... and never worked again. I mean, it got fast and it got hot. And the handle melted a little bit. And it was done. I mean, that thing was fried. Why? Because my appliance could not deal with the unregulated, unmitigated, unstepped down power of God. And I've told you this whole message. God wants you to be a transformer. So what is God asking us to do, guys? God is asking us to connect with the 14,400 volts of his presence. And he's asking us in very real ways to step that down to the place of the people we deal with every day and receive it without it burning them, without it frying them, without it... Guys, hear me say The unadulterated judgmental word of God. Use your stuff better, you're going to burn in hell. That is not being a transformer. That's not stepping it down to a place. What Peter and John did when they were headed into the temple, they had a hold of the power of knowing Jesus and being completely filled with the Holy Spirit. But what they did was for the crippled guy, they stepped it down. You were asking for money. I don't have money. But what I have. In Jesus' name, rise and walk. They transformed, stepped down with very pure power to a place somebody that didn't know God could receive. God wants you to be more than meets the eye. He really does want you to turn into a transformer. Stand up, let's pray together. Thank you for listening to this message from Troy First Assembly of God. We would love for you to join us on a Sunday morning if you're in the area. Our address is 432 South Lincoln Drive in Troy, Missouri. Otherwise, you can connect with us on Facebook. The link for our Facebook page can be found below.